0: at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. So the South African Internet of Things solutions provider, Beyond, has recently entered into a long-term agreement with United Nations, uh, particularly the Children's Fund, to supply the remote cold-chain monitoring solutions to support UNICEF's global vaccination programme. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us, Ian Lester. You are the CEO of of Beyond. Uh, Tell us about this particular programme and this agreement.
1: Uh, good afternoon, um, you know, it's, um I suppose it's not so much a, a, a new agreement, but rather the extension or part two of a very long existing relationship that we've had with UNICEF uh, that really sort of seeks to accelerate uh, and streamline the procurement processes to ensure that vaccines uh, are able to get to the last mile of the cold chain. Uh, In a in a me or in a in a condition that is obviously favourable as far as the cold chain is concerned. Mm -hmm. So it's quite exciting for us as a business to uh, extend and expand our relationship with Unicef.
0: Are governments keeping up with the demand? um, Since all focus now looks like it's gone to COVID and COVID vaccines.
1: Well, I I think it's a global challenge for everybody. There, there, there truthfully, has been no precedent. What the world is now having to achieve, as far as cold chain logistics is concerned, mm. um, yeah and you make a very important point is that you yeah, cold chains historically have always been built to to carry traditional and then I mm. use the word loosely traditional vaccines mm. like measles, mm. polio mumps, and so on, mm. so I think the challenge for us globally is that. throughout the world is cold chains are quite literally having to be expanded exponentially Mm. to carry the the covid vaccine because while we try and solve the covid problem we simultaneously need to continue to solve the issue of routine vaccination Mm. which which has to happen while we're while we're dealing with covid
0: and and in terms of these you know you speak of the of the supply change manufacturing is it keeping up with the demand
1: well, I mean, I, we're not very focused on the manufacturing yes. side, but I, I think if one understands the you know, the nature of supply chain and particularly coal chain, the, the top end of the coal chain where all the manufacturing happens, those are very well-structured, very well-equipped and capacitated you know, parts of the supply chain. And of course, you know, again, without a precedent up until this point, I think even those parts of the supply chain are strained. But when you consider what has to happen beneath that, if you understand the supply chain being a pyramid where you have vaccine manufacturers at the top of that, then it goes into national stores, then into regional or provincial depots, and then from there out to clinics, and sometimes even further into the last mile where sort of vaccines in cooler boxes will be taken to remote communities. The, you know, when you understand that pyramid and how wide and deep it actually goes... The biggest challenge, I think, is not so much on the manufacturing side, although mm-hmm. that in itself is difficult. Mm-hmm. But when you understand the, the depth and breadth of, of the supply chain and mm-hmm. what is required, mm-hmm. I think the biggest challenge is going to be dealing with how do we get the product into patients mm-hmm. at the correct temperature. Mm-hmm. And typically for people who live in extremely remote locations where power mm-hmm. and infrastructure and equipment is either non-existent uh, or or, or, or needs to be modernized. So I think that is probably the biggest challenge we have.
0: And how much of a challenge is it here in South Africa, where sometimes it's not so much that there is not access to to power, but it's not necessarily always reliable?
1: Well, uh, yeah, I think power is just one of the challenges. You know, yeah. I, I think you know, it's no secret we've had ch- challenges with electricity for some time. Mm. Yeah, and, and, of course, cold chain storage equipment traditionally, yeah, you know, not traditionally, obviously requires power. So mm. I think the opportunity as far as innovation is concerned is mm. to look at refrigeration equipment that doesn't necessarily have the same dependency on electricity mm-hmm. as what we have had in before. And also for government to, and not just government, I think the private sector as well, who are, are putting a huge amount of effort behind solving this problem is to look at how do we how do we make sure that issues of power capacity you know and when i say capacity it's you know, how much product can we store mm. and then of course the logistics behind that how do we move product you know effectively given the fact that many of these vaccines have fairly limited shelf life. So you know, you're going to have far more parcels, literally thousands of them, being delivered at far higher frequency than anything that's had to be delivered before. And, and that is, that is the, the major logistical challenge that we hope to solve by giving you know, our partners and our, and our clients visibility of that supply chain to make sure that the product arrives at the right place at the right time at the right temperature.
0: So so essentially are you are you tracking some of these vaccines technologically
1: Correct so, so we're essentially doing two things so so the primary objective of our system is to is to essentially we have a device which goes onto the fridges the mm-hmm. freezers the walking cauldrons, the trucks the cooler boxes, the mobile vaccine refrigerators, and what we're doing is we're tracking the temperature mm-hmm. in real time, so that should the temperature deviate outside mm. of the ideal band. Mm. So in some cases, you know, your, your yes. traditional vaccines need to be stored between two and eight degrees Celsius. Yeah. More recently, I think people have become aware of the fact that there are some vaccines that have to be stored as cold as minus yes. seventy. Yes. You know, now it's critical that those products are kept within that specific brand to, uh, band to mm. ensure that they're effective uh, and 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 at, at, at solving the problem. Of preventing the disease. So we track the temperature in real time. Uh, and should the temperature get too hot or too cold, our Internet of Things platform alerts the right people uh, to notify them that either the fridge or the freezer or the walk in cold room is not at the correct temperature so they can take the appropriate corrective action. In addition to which, we're also tracking the location in real time. And I think it's been raised several times now by numerous NGOs and, you know, and the likes of which, you know, like the WHO. Uh, is that vaccine diversion, I think, is uh, yeah, and I think that is a euphemism for vaccine theft, mm-hmm. yeah, and also the challenges of of fake vaccines. I think you're know, knowing where the product is and being able to tra- trace its location physically assists authorities in making sure that if product leaves point A and is destined for point B, that it doesn't divert via point C and somehow go missing into an illicit supply chain. So we're tracking both the cold chain and the physical asset to make sure again that the product arrives at the right place at the right time at the right temperature
0: so apart from being the partner to unicef is there enough uptake are enough uh, pharmaceuticals using your services even your competitors
1: well yeah i mean i suppose our, our competitors wouldn't be using our solution but certainly no. as far as yeah, <laughs> that would be great <laughs> then i'd call them partners not competitors but, but but i mean i think to answer your question we yeah you know, we partner with several organizations in south africa already and have done for several years the likes of dischem united pharmaceutical distributors pick and pay pharmacy and several others you know we, we've been doing this for for the better part of almost two decades funnily enough this isn't
0: but but yep. i think what i'm trying to get at is 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 there enough uptake of this technology so that we do not have sort of a catastrophe I mean we remember a time when um, there was a dumping of um, I mean I know this was not necessarily related to your work but it was COVID tests that were dumped somewhere in the freeway not so long ago and surely those were not tracked but what I'm trying to ask is that are we getting enough of the pharmaceutical companies clients and so on adapting or adopting this technology not necessarily yours directly but the internet of things technology
1: well, I, I, th- I think certainly from a manufacturer's perspective and the pharmaceutical distributor's perspective, they are well aware of this technology and have been using it for several years. So I don't think anything that we're doing today is necessarily new. Yeah. It's just simply a question of scale, is that we're going to do have to do a hell of a lot more of it than we've ever done before. And certainly the organizations that we deal with uh, are doing it and have been doing it for some time. The question is now is you know, simply the volume that they're going to have to deal with.
0: And, and so what I'm asking is that, is there concern around the uptake from a volumes point of view?
1: Well, I, I don't think it's so much a concern. I, I, I think these organizations are on top of it. Okay. We're certainly in direct discussions with them already. Okay. And, and all of them that we're in discussions with have been planning for this for several months. Mm. And I suppose, like all of us, we're sitting in anticipation, you know, waiting for the vaccine to arrive so yeah. that this, this process can begin.
0: Thank you so much for talking to us, Ian. Thank you. Um, Ian Lester is the CEO of Beyond.